When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now! Well, hello there. How was your girls' night? Okay, girls' night was great. Weekend all in all. Awesome. Fabulous weekend. What did you girls do? By the way, we should back it up and explain. This is something that you do with your girlfriends from like kindergarten twice a year. Yeah, isn't that something? Uh, 30 plus years of friendship, 30 years and, and change of, uh, of being friends, which is odd because, you know, when you meet someone when you're like five, you know, some of us met when we were six or seven, whatever. But when you meet someone around that time of your life, you know, you're just kind of, it's, you're in it for the convenience. You're friends with them because they're in your class. You're friends with them because they go to your school and they live near you. And that was about it. But for us, it was just, it turned into so much more. And we went to high school together and um, some of us had families and at the same time, you know, all that stuff. And we continue to just want to hang out with each other every single year. So we get together a couple times a year in the summertime. We do like a, well, this coming year, we're going to do a full weekend, like a two-nighter. But we always get to uh, go away somewhere in the summertime. And then we get our Christmas get together. So our Christmas get together was on Saturday. Was this an overnight thing or just get together, have no, dinner and go our separate this ways? This was a dinner. Yeah. This was just a dinner night and, and hang out and an after party, <laughs> I suppose you could call it. Last year when you did this, you crashed some poor company's Christmas party. Hey, they were lucky to have us, man. There was nobody on that dance floor until we arrived. <laughs> You're welcome. You know who you are. Didn't you drink their booze though? No, we didn't. Oh, you didn't no, have any of no, their drinks. No, no, okay. No. Well, no, then- we used their DJ, but we tipped him. Oh, they well, should really thank us. They like I should. said. Like I said, we didn't touch it. We didn't go near the bar. We were already half in the bag. So we just, uh, we were just dancing and stuff, but it happened again this year, but we didn't quite get that far again. So we were in the same area, new restaurant though. So I'm going to give a shout out to the Underwing. It's uh, in the Gaslight District area of Cambridge. I grew up in Cambridge and all my girls live in and around there, minus a couple who, who came to stay with their parents for the night so that they could come hang out. And uh, lovely little place. It's like a, a speakeasy, a little easier to find. I'll be honest with you and you don't need a code word. Uh, however, very nice, small menu, but a really, really good menu. We had a few things off of it and just kind of picked at some stuff. It was very, very good. Great. Yeah. So this was a fun night out. Fun night out. And then we stayed at the restaurant for like three and a half hours, probably way longer than they wanted us to. And then we went on a little venture walk. So across from there is a gorgeous hall. It's called Tapestry Hall. It's the most beautiful spot, my personal opinion, um, most beautiful hall that they ha- we have in the region. I'm just going to say it. Um, and, uh, they had a Christmas party happening there. So this is the same location. And everyone's like, come on, Kat, do it. Come on. They have security now. Really? I think it's because of us. At like office like, Christmas parties? I'm not even kidding you when I say there's a big, now they put up for private events, there's a big black wall that they bring in. Like they wheeled in this black wall so you can't even see in it, but you can hear the party, but you can't even see it. So my friend went in trying to see, pretend if she had to go to the bathroom or something. I don't know what she made up. Just to see. And sure enough, security's like, are you part of this event? I'm going to need to see some ID or whatever they had. Well, whatever they had, I guess they had something on them just to show that they were part of the event. And we obviously didn't have that. And my friend's just like, just have to go pee. And they're like, find another bathroom. (laughs) 
(laughs) Which I cannot blame them at all. So we did attempt, but it just didn't happen. I'm wondering how often that happens. We all saw wedding crashers and some people probably thought, oh, that's a good idea. And I've heard anecdotally over the years that couples have caught somebody sneaking into their wedding and had to kick them out. It's happened, yeah. How often does that happen at the work Christmas party? Because would you really know? Like I'm thinking about our place here. We have a medium-sized staff. There's about 20 to 30 people. And I know all of them. I don't know any of their spouses necessarily, though. Yeah. Like, how would I know who's supposed yeah. to be here and who's not? It's true. Um, in, Unless you know for certain, like, and you keep track of that kind of thing, uh, then you then how would you know? But this was, like, the one we crashed last year was a big function, like, decent amount of people. Um, but none of them were on the dance floor. <laughs> if you had a choice, if work came to you this year and said, hey, you know, typically around this time of year, we get together for the holidays and, you know, we usually budget about five grand for the, the Christmas party and we order in pizzas and shit like that. What do you say if this year we don't do the Christmas party, we just take the $5,000 and divide it up amongst the staff? Would that be okay? Do you think you would take that deal or is it important to you oh. that we get together as staff over the holidays? Well, I think it all depends on how that party goes for people. Is it actually fun? Is it feel kind of forced? I mean, it would all really truly depend on that. And then how much you have to split that money, like what it ends up being, what it ends up being. Hey, that's a nice little bonus, maybe depending on the size of your, the size of your crew, the size of your staff, that could be a nice little bonus. And that's a gift all in itself. I, but the companies like to do it as like a social thing. Less and less of them do it though, Scott. Less and less. The ones that used to don't do it anymore, or they do something on a much smaller scale and you can't blame them if, if money's tight. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, now it's going to be a luncheon, and it's going to be at a very yeah. inconvenient time on a day that most people are yeah. off. Okay, come on in. You get one drink ticket and a bowl of soup and a sandwich, and then get out of here. But see, I mean, if that's the way it was, I wish more companies would, would consider it the other way. Hey, listen, our total budget is X. People are broke, and and we don't necessarily have the money to hand out raises or bonuses. So instead of a Christmas party, everybody accept our well wishes for the holiday season. Right. Here's your share of the money from the Christmas party. Pay your hydro bill. Put some gas in your car, something like that. I personally would love that. Yeah. Now I've got to convince Dave to do it. Yeah. I don't think so. He is uh, traveling right now. With he a, is. With a little one. Yeah. Super, super fun for him. Good. So Dave will not be on the pod later on this week, but I'll tell you what uh, what is going on. We have the replay of Missed Connections coming up at the end of this episode. In a few minutes, we're going to talk about money and how it can make you happy or unhappy. First off, do you believe it when people say money can't buy you happiness? Um, I think those people are goddamn no, liars. I don't believe that at all. No, no. Money would absolutely make me happy. And I think most people listening to this episode, <laughs> if we handed you a wad of cash, you'd be happy as a pig in shit. I think that when people hear that saying, they assume it's, uh, it means solve all your problems. And in that way, sure. Does money solve all your problems? No, you might still have personal problems that money you just can't pay for. But generally speaking, I think people are pretty happy if they get handed money. Yeah. I think that's... that. In fact, if you probably ask anyone what their wish is, what are their first wishes would probably be for money. Honest to God, Kat, I can't think of a single problem that I have in life that wouldn't be solved with a lot more money. Everything. I mean, short of relationship stuff, money can't make that person you're interested in like you. Mm-hmm. But it can sure take you other places to meet new people. You know, I mean, I feel like there's a workaround to all of it, but we will get to that coming up. First off, you... uh. You had a little celebrity encounter this weekend. <laughs> Leader of the <laughs> third party, 
quasi-member of the government, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh. It was kind of cool. How did that happen? Um, I was at the, so I was at the Kitchener Market, my first time, by the way, ever going to the Kitchener Market in my life. Um, but I happened to be there on Saturday morning to meet up with some family and we were just having coffee and he, he had, uh, he had some people with him. So it was noticeable that he was there. And like a security detail? Nope. Uh, camera. Cameras. Uh, someone with a camera. Yeah. And also the Kitchener Center is having a by-election this week. So the, uh, candidate was going with Jagmeet to walk around and campaign stop campaign, really. say hello. And so it was really as simple as him coming, coming by and saying hello. And, uh, and yeah, we got to chatting a little bit and then he, uh, was asking, you know, Oh, is everyone having a good time? And then my, you know, somebody brought up radio and then next thing you know, we're chatting for a bit. So yeah. He seemed pretty pumped that you were the voice of TikTok. He like likes he social had a star, media. He was starstruck. I don't know if he was, but he has, he, I mean, he uses social media. He's a nice guy. Okay. Those are your words. <laughs> <laughs> he, I don't know. It was nice. It was fine. It was quick. It wasn't that long of an encounter. We just chatted and that was that. Okay. It was fine. We have uh, new numbers from FedEx Cat. In the last year, 28% of us have had a package stolen off of our porch. Think about that. 40 million people. And almost 30% have had a package stolen right off of their porch this year. FedEx Canada says porch piracy goes up around the holiday season as people delve more into online shopping. They say if you've had a package stolen from your porch, you should contact the police. Though in reality, only 7% of victims of porch piracy actually call the cops. What do they do? Is that like phone and yell at Amazon till they reimburse you or how... I, I don't understand why you wouldn't know. call the cops if something got stolen right off your porch. Yeah, I don't know how many. I'd be just fearful that they, that they never get they never get found, right? That these people never get found, depending on how smart they are about it. Some people are smart about it. Some people are stupid about it. So they will get caught. Maybe they will have your things in their possession, but likely not, right? Like, I mean, do you think if you someone stole something off of your front porch that you're ever going to see that again? Uh, probably not, but I also know that there's things that we can do to make it less likely that someone will steal. I walk my dog three times a day. I walk through my neighborhood three times a day, and I can't tell you how many packages I see just sort of kind of sitting up on the step, kind of leaning down on a step, things in very obvious places. I, I kind of wish, and for the most part, the couriers do do a good job, but not all of them. I wish that they would all go out of their way to make sure that that is securely away or out of eyesight anyway. You don't want somebody to be walking down the street and think, oh, that's easy. I can just grab that box and be gone. And that's, I think, what happens is people see an opportunity and they take it. But they don't even know what they're getting. This is why I don't like porch yeah. piracy. Like, were you just in the mood to steal something? Yes, I think that's exactly what it is. Desperation to steal something, anything. Because you see small packages getting picked up. Not to say that that's not valuable. There are very valuable things in small packages as well. But it's like, it is quick. You're right. It's, I think it's opportunistic. It's just like one of those, hey, it's happening. I don't know if there's people actually going through the neighborhood, picking them up from every single porch. Maybe that does happen too. I don't know. It's a horrible crime. It's, like, it's awful. You know, it's one thing if, if you're starving. If you are starving and you desperately need food, I'm the guy who's going to say we probably shouldn't even lay charges if you shoplift something from one of the big grocery stores. I, I'm okay with it. If you're hungry, you're hungry. This, you don't even know what you're stealing. You could be stealing uh, something that's worth less than a dollar. And sometimes people do order shit that's worthless. 
you don't know what you're getting. I mean, it's just such a random crime, just a shot in the dark. I think it's an asshole thing to do. But FedEx has some suggestions. If you are worried that you may be the victim of porch piracy, they say, number one, use the tracking option. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. Check your delivery notifications. Yeah. That's a good one, too. Set instructions and redirect the drop-off location to a pickup center if you know you're not going to be home at the time of the delivery. Yeah, if that's a possibility, absolutely do it. Or if you have a neighbor, like the other option is too. Hey, do you have a trustworthy neighbor? If you know, oh, shoot, I got a meeting after work and this is supposed to arrive, or it is, is arrived. A lot of people have cameras, right? <coughs> we know when it arrives. Mine will tell me when there's a package there or when someone's picked up a package. You know what I think we need? <coughs> but tell a neighbor to go pick it up for you, you know? If you have that ability. Some people's neighbors are assholes too. Mm-hmm. I... Uh, <laughs> um, when it comes to the the packages and things like that, the instructions is key. In some cases, you can have them put it right in your house. If you've got a Nest lock and you're not a, you don't have a problem with them unlocking your door and sticking the package in and closing the door, sometimes they'll do it. People have got these lock boxes now that they're putting on their porch specifically for packages. It's great. Yeah. But yeah. you got to do something. Yeah, I agree. If I don't know. I'm going to knock on something. I get a lot of packages delivered this time of year. A lot. A lot. So, yeah, it would piss me off for sure. But I, what does Amazon do? What does Amazon do if someone steals your packages? Did they reimburse you? I don't know. Well, I don't know if you get that money back. Like, I'm not sure how it works. FedEx says, know. well, FedEx says call the cops. I imagine if you call Amazon, they'll at least hear you out. It's going to depend if it's your fault, their fault, or nobody's fault. Yeah. Sometimes it's just crime. Like, that's the thing is I think you're risking it, having it delivered to your house. I think we all know how that works. It's not Amazon's fault if someone comes by and grabs it. So I don't see them being like, yeah, here's all your money back, even though we had nothing to do with that. I don't know. The Public Health Agency of Canada says one person has died. 17 have now become hospitalized. They were so sick thanks to a salmonella outbreak linked to certain brands of cantaloupe. No details provided on the person who died, but we do know the recall affects Malichita and Rudy brand cantaloupes that were sold between October the 10th and November the 24th. Hold on a second here. These things were being sold for 50 days? They killed people. U.S. officials say two people died there, 45 more. So sick, they had to be hospitalized as of Friday. That's a long time for something with salmonella Uh, to be circulating through. October 10th to November 24th. I don't even remember Oh, I do. I had cantaloupe yesterday. You had cantaloupe yesterday? Just yesterday. That's part of the reason that I thought this story was so compelling. It was a fruit tray. And I don't know what cantaloupe they used in the fruit tray. There's no tag. There's no label. Nothing. It's just cantaloupe and it was on sale. So I took it. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to start fucking. Yeah, I don't. Like how. <laughs> whatever happens when you get I was just You know what's so funny is I was just looking at the symptoms. Because as people listen to this, I do realize they're probably a little afraid if they've had it. Now, you mentioned there's two brands. Are they popular in grocery stores? Like, do we know? Like, where are they actually sold? Or are they literally sold everywhere? No, they're sold everywhere. Everywhere. There's already uh, hospitalization cases confirmed okay. in BC, Alberta, Ontario, and Quebec. Jeez so Louise. people here, we just can't seem to get a whole bunch of information on it. I wouldn't know what a okay. contaminated cantaloupe looks or smells like. I'm going to tell you with symptoms of salmonella. Do you think this might be helpful for people? Sure. This is just what comes up, and that's from the Mayo Clinic, okay? Mayo Clinic says... Diarrhea, stomach, abdominal cramps, fever, nausea, vomiting, chills, headache, blood in the stool. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, goodness me. That's good. That wrong on uh, a lot of levels. Yeah. And if you feel like you are feeling any of those feelings and you did have cantaloupe for certain, then go see your doctor just in case. 
Yeah, that's probably what I would say to that. Merriam-Webster's word of the year for 2023 is authentic. The editor-at-large says lookups for the word rose to new heights on their website this year. They called 2023 a crisis year of authenticity. Gaslighting was the word of the year last year. This year, it's authentic. That seems kind of random. Not that authentic isn't a beautiful word, but why? Looking for something authentic. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what people were looking for. Aren't we all? (laughs) Like, as a quality in other people or what kind of authentic? I I guess we need a little more info, but Merriam-Webster is not exactly a great dictionary anyway. I mean, generally, they spell things correctly, but there's other sources you could use. A new report out from the Ontario Food Banks Coalition says last year there was a 38% increase in the number of Ontarians using the food bank. It goes a little more in-depth. This is the annual report from the Collective of Hunger Relief Organizations. More than 800,000 Ontarians turned to the food bank for emergency food support between April 1st, 2022 and March 31st, 2023. Feed Ontario's report says most of the growth, first-time visitors. Two out of every five people that went to the food bank were there for the very first Mm -hmm. time. They point to precarious work, the erosion of social support programs, and a lack of affordable housing as longstanding factors with the skyrocketing cost of living being a more recent contributor. So while all this is horrible, this is only up to the end of March gone by, and I feel like... There's a lot of people who hit their mortgage wall or hit their affordability wall much sooner than that. So these numbers are probably already outdated. It's probably a lot higher, and I'm going to guess close to a million people in Ontario went to a food bank in the last year. Mm -hmm. That's wild. And still no government funding. I thought for sure just us talking about it would be enough to shame some of the leaders into saying, yeah, just give them a million bucks, give them two million bucks. Like when you think about all the money we spend on dumb shit, you'd think they'd give the food bank some of it, wouldn't they? Why are they not doing that? Especially the food bank for sure. Yeah, I I don't know. That's important. It's really important. I do find there's a lot, this time of year though, there are a lot of donations collected. So I hope that continues to happen this year uh, more so than ever. If you can, donate to the food bank. Uh, People were asked, How much money would it take for you to be happy? How much money, if you had it, would you be able to say, you know what? I'm good. I've got a lot of money. I'm comfortable. I don't have to worry about bills getting paid or anything like that. I've seen this in the past, and the number was like 300,000, 400,000. Some people, half a million bucks. Those pie-in-the-sky fantasy people might have said a million. Now the average is $1.2 million to be happy. Well, that makes sense because it all depends on your debt. And if you're talking about debt as a whole, there's, you know, mortgages, the biggest ones. There's car loan payments. There's, you know, credit cards and all those other things. And I think that those payments are obviously higher than they ever have been before. So if you're talking happiness that don't have to worry about your mortgage, of course, that means it's going to be higher. Um, And the cost of everything being as crazy as it is, it doesn't surprise me it's that high. What would be your number? Like if I could just say, you know what? You give me a number that's going to put a smile on your face. I will deposit it into your bank account. Well, I mean, whatever. Like what's my limit? Like I'll take all the money. That's selfish though, isn't it? Ah. I want to live like fucking Bezos, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you mean like content. Content. Like when you say what makes you happy. Like what? what, what? Like I could go to sleep tonight 
knowing I've got money in the bank, if I need to buy something tomorrow or if the roof caves in or the furnace goes mm. and, and I got kids that are in university and I know that I won't have a problem paying those bills and keeping up with food and buying Christmas presents for everybody. How much would you have to have in the bank for you to be able to say, okay, I'm good? Because I think a million is the bottom end of it. Yeah, you'd want, you'd need more. The average. Need and want. The <laughs> I, say, av- I say like, because it's so hard to not say what you want. Like to say, I'd be happy. Yeah, sure. I'd be, would I be happy with 200,000? Yeah. Would I be happy with a million? Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I'd, I'm happy with all of it. Bare minimum is, is the qualifier here. The average guy said 1.5 million where the average woman said 880,000. Okay. Yep. Women are far better though. I think at budgeting and doing more with less. Yeah. Maybe that's part of it for sure. It's entirely possible. Uh, Gen Z, only $500,000. However, millennials, more like one and a half million. Is that just because life kicked in for millennials? Millennials and Gen Z are the the prime demos now. 25 to 50-year-olds. They were the ones who said they needed the most because they're typically middle class. Yeah. $1.7 million yeah. for millennials. Well, because there's a lot when you think, um, you know, as a millennial, I think ahead to all the things I have to spend my money on. And there's a lot, right? If you have kids, I mean, you mentioned it, right? You got to you gotta make sure you have enough. If, if that's what you're going to do is help them get through school and obviously house them and feed them and clothe them. And then yourself as well. And then pay off your mortgage. And then this and then that. So there's a lot. There's a lot of cost. It makes sense. And as you get closer to like Gen X, hopefully that means you're closer to paying off all those things. And maybe that's behind you a little bit. So you don't need as much. Boomer, you're just like, whatever. Uh, I mean, all depending. That said, it's very expensive to go into any kind of special housing once you get to a certain age. So that's expensive too. I wonder if the concert bubble is starting to burst. Concert tickets used to be fairly consistent for around 100 bucks, usually a little less. You could get a ticket to a concert, but obviously they've gone through the roof lately. Taylor Swift is the worst, I think, of the offenders, but we saw it with Harry Styles and all those big shows charging five, six, seven hundred bucks a ticket. It's a lot. I'm wondering if the bubble is burst because tonight Mariah Carey plays Scotiabank oh. Arena. It is her Merry Christmas one and all tour. Last year, she did this show and it was one of the hottest concerts of yeah. the fall. Right now, there are tons of tickets available. Yeah. Okay. They so started 64 bucks. I think it's a mix of things for that. Like Mariah Lover, she's great. It's a very specific Christmas concert. However, I'm sure she, is she singing a couple of her hits though. I don't know if it's all Christmas or not. I, I think she does some I of her hits. I think she does some. If I'm not mistaken, because I've seen highlights of the concert before, and I, I'm pretty sure she'll do a couple of her hits, which is really great. But it's kind of like with Mariah, it's one of those things like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. It's it's November 1st or, yeah, usually November 1st she posts the video and then she'll announce the concert. And it happened before. So I feel like if those who really, really wanted to see it, maybe already saw it and they're kind of like over it. Really? Yeah. Or, I don't know. Huh. Or it could be the cost. But like you said, they're not that expensive. I wonder if people have just stopped trying. Like maybe people have looked and thought, oh, concerts these days are too much. I'm, Mariah, that's probably going to be $1,000. It, it, I'm not even going to check. It's also on a Monday. It was like a fucking shit day to see a concert. Nobody wants to see a concert on a Monday. Nobody wants to see a concert on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday. Forget it. Thursday's a maybe for me. Friday, sure. Saturday, Spe- yep. Speaking of concerts, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who actually got one of the codes to be able to buy Adele in Las Vegas tickets. Oh, cool. Adele just opened up a whole bunch more dates. Incredible. She didn't know how much demand there was. In fact, she thought, 
Well, she's been there for a while. Crazy. It won't be that crazy. Yeah. So she gets online, first available tickets. They were like 450 US a piece. And they were literally in the back row. Yes. 450 yes. So for the expensive. back row. They're so expensive. Get out of here. Yeah. So she's like, no, 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 we can do better than that. So she's shopping around. Oh, maybe this one will be good. Maybe this one will be good. Bam. Sold out. Couldn't get them. Yeah. She had a code and Dillied oh, around waited. so much oh. that she couldn't even buy tickets. But some of these tickets are like two thousand dollars. In all fairness, you've seen like you've seen footage of it. It's a very intimate show. Like she talks to the audience members. It's very intimate. It's not like you're in an amphitheater. It's not the same thing. It's very one on one at times. She talks to people in the crowd. So you really do get like a full on experience with Adele. If you're paying for that ticket right at the front you're probably getting your money's worth because she'll talk to you and stuff. So hardcore Adele fans, it's worth the price. For me, no. I, I'm not spending that much. I would love to see her, but I am not spending. I'm not even paying the price they want for the back row. Four fifty for the back row is obnoxious. Yeah. Like Get I said, it here. is a smaller venue. However, I agree with you. I mean, I agree with you, but like for me, it's like, eh, I'm, I'm not going to bother. Coming up in a sec, we're going to talk a little bit about weddings and a few do's mm. and don'ts. I know it's not really wedding season, but... Some people do winter weddings because it's cheaper. Is it still cheaper? I think. Am I wrong, guys? Well, Isn't it cheaper? During the pandemic, I mean, they were doing weddings like Tuesday to Sunday. I know, I know. Because there was such a backlog. Is that cleared up now? And are the prices yeah. a little more back down to normal? Because the banquet halls are dealing with inflation too. I mean, yeah. the cost of food is the same for them as it is for us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure the cost has gone up. I would love to know the average costs and if they've gone up year to year even from last year to this year. I bet you they have. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'll play a little bit of this for you. Uh, we got an interesting statistic yesterday. Last week, we talked about the interest on our debt and how our interest now for a country is greater than what we pay for healthcare. In other words, we spend more money paying off the debt or the interest on our debt than we do on hospitals and doctors and nurses and all that sort of thing. A new statistic came out yesterday because they did the further projections. By 2028, 100% of the GST that we collect will pay the debt. In other words, 7% of virtually every purchase in Canada is going to be required just to pay off the interest on our debt. national debt. Yeah. So the finance minister was asked about that yesterday. Apparently, this is quite controversial, although I didn't see it and haven't heard it yet. So let's hear what she has to say. I asked it not necessarily as a hypothetical, but against the backdrop of what you did outline in the fall economic statement, which was two promises where a fiscal anchor is concerned. The first, that you would lower the debt to GDP ratio in 24-25 and keep it, quote, on a declining track thereafter. The second, that you would get the deficit to GDP ratio below, oh, sorry, uh, below 1% by 26-27 uh, and keep it there. Does that inherently limit you, though, from launching any kind of program similar to those? So I am actually really glad that you put those two questions together because from my perspective, we have a fiscally responsible economic plan 
because we need to have the capacity to invest in Canadians. We need to have the capacity to invest precisely in things like early learning and childcare. And fiscal responsibility means that those investments are sustainable over the long term. So that's why our economic plan, it is really at its heart about investing in Canadians, investing to ensure that we have an economy that can deliver good jobs, people can count on, that supports them with things like early learning and childcare. And the way that we can continue to do that is by making sure that all of those plans and programs are contain are you know built on this fiscally responsible foundation. So you have the capacity, let's say, to sustain the programs that, that you have right now. My question is whether you will have the capacity going forward, now having outlined these fiscal anchors. And I'm asking you because what I have noticed in public opinion polling is that a lot of Canadians are saying, what's the, this government's vision for the future? And so if you're going to present big transformational projects that do come with a, a high price tag, I am wondering if this fall economic statement actually limits you from doing so, or maybe you're not so wedded to those two promises. Actually, I really believe our fall economic statement is about ensuring that we can continue to invest in Canadians. Because what I really believe makes things like early learning and childcare possible is that they are built on a sustainable fiscal foundation. Because that means we can keep on doing it year after year after year. And I really believe, Vashi, that the investments that we are making today and those are investments, you're quite right. Okay, so she's not going to answer the question, and that's fine. They rarely do. I think the question was, though, are we going to be broke? Can we afford to keep doing these things? The interesting part that I found there from the finance minister is we want to be able to keep doing these things over and over and over again. Does that mean we might not? Does that mean, like, we could have, like, a we, we have $10 a day childcare? Does that mean that we could end up in a situation where we have to say, we got to cancel the $10 a day child care for a couple of years because we're broke. Is that where that was going? Because that's kind of the vibe I got from listening to it. I don't know. Politically, that'd be political suicide, though. I oh, Good luck. You're absolutely right. Uh, one more thing I want to play. Somebody sent this to me, and, and I'll admit I didn't know a whole ton about this topic. Have you heard the conversation about, I got to say this quietly because I feel like they flag podcasts that talk about this. Have you heard about digital ID? No. Digital ID is one of the things that is supposed to be coming. And basically, it's your driver's license. It's your passport. Right. It's your health card. Everything all digitally. And I'm maybe here you could for it. Call it up in your Apple wallet and stuff like that. And you know what? I'll admit, when I first heard about it, I thought, yeah, that seems great. You mean to tell me that I can just have one piece of ID and it's going to know that I'm a Nexus card holder. It's going to have my bank card info in there if I wanted to. It's going to have my driver's lot? license. Oh, that much? Cat, it's, Shit. it's everything. What I did not know, though, is why wouldn't I like it? Because you hear a lot of people saying things like, say no to digital ID. We do not want digital ID in this country. Say no to the digital. And I thought, why? Seems fairly convenient. I don't know what the downside to this would be. What is the problem with having digital ID? As it turns out, it's a World Economic Forum initiative, and the former prime minister of the UK explained it. So I'll play just a 30 seconds of this explaining on digital ID, and you make up your own mind. I also think this, this issue to do with the technology and the digital infrastructure, I just want to emphasize how important I think that is. Because in the end... You, 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 you need the data, 
You need to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been. Some of the vaccines that will come on down the line will be multiple. There'll be multiple shots. Oh. So you've got to have, for, for reasons what? to do with oh. the healthcare more generally, what? but certainly for uh, a pandemic or for um, for, for vaccines, you've got to have a proper digital infrastructure. <laughs> That's where you realized, oh, fuck, I just said way what? too much. What? Oh, why didn't I just leave it a driver's license and insurance? Why did I mention vaccines? Generally, but certainly for uh, a pandemic or for, um, for, for vaccines, you've got to have a proper digital infrastructure. And many countries don't have that. In fact, most countries don't have that. Well, I mean, OK, so like. It's probably true that it would be nicer to have that digitally. And by vaccination, I mean just uh, your run-of-the-mill vaccinations. Like, my kids have a piece of paper. Uh It's 2023. Like, come the fuck on. Okay, but public health does know, though, right? Yeah, they have record. Yeah, absolutely. And anytime that they get something you're supposed to, contact public health and update them with that and give them the copy of that. That's all up to you. So having it, it kind of already is digital without being digital. Do you know what I mean? Sure. It's a weird thing, though, that you could go to fly over to a country in Europe for a vacation. Let's say you're going to Greece or something like that, and we need to see your digital ID. And, oh, we see you skipped one of your Pfizer shots, eh? Well, sorry, you can't come in. That's the beginning of it. That's the premise of it. And there's a lot of people who don't want to share their personal medical info, so I see where the opposition comes from now. Yeah. All right, I will look into it there's a little more. still a lot of fear with that, eh? Like, I don't know, like, haven't people, a lot of people traveled since then? It's not so bad. Yeah, but the next pandemic's coming. <laughs> oh, no, God. No, it is. I mean, the... <laughs> Just the other day, they were talking about this latest outbreak in China. It, it's coming. I mean, what we just what? went through is not the last time we're going to go through that. Of COVID? Is that what you're talking about? It won't be COVID this time. It'll be something completely different. It'll be another respiratory one, but this one will be like, oh, people are really dying this time. This time you got to get your shot and they'll just keep going. I mean- Are when, you serious? No, I'm dead serious. It's all part of the plan, Cap. There's going to be like two more pandemics. They've already talked about it. But another one is coming. Uh, okay. I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I buy that. That there's another pandemic coming? Yeah. I mean, this one was predicted, the one that we just went through. I mean, it was predicted in 2019 that, yep, it's coming That next was year. when it started. <clears throat> no, it was actually predicted long before anyone had heard anything about COVID. Okay. I went further down the rabbit hole maybe than you uh, did. It but- sounds like it. <laughs> It I mean, sounds a little conspiracy theory to me. And, and you know what? We'll I see. get that that's how it sounds. I'm not saying that for sure, but I'm saying it sounds a little cuckoo bananas. That's all I'm saying. Really? Yeah, a little bit. Ah. See, after everything that we just went through, I firmly believe it. Look, that's what I, 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 I'm never saying never to anything. I'm just saying. Two more things. No, probably one more thing before we get to the replay of Missed Connections. This might be a handy guide for anybody who's planning on going to a wedding anytime soon. And sometimes you don't even plan on it. Sometimes you just end up there. No, I guess you would always plan on it. No, you know, you could end up at a wedding. You could crash a wedding. So let me ask you, when you're at a wedding, cat, you tell me if these are okay or not okay. You get an invitation in the mail. Chuck it. Forget about it. Stick it in a drawer and forget about it. Do you reply? No. Not RSVPing for a wedding. Is that ever okay? No. Really? Not RSVPing? Yeah. No, it's not okay. What Period. If you, what the if, end. What if you have no intention of going to this wedding? Then you say no. And you RSVP no. But I didn't ask you for an invitation. Why would I have to write back to say I'm not coming? That's a pretty shitty thing to do, though. And you're, you're a pretty right. shitty person. 80% of people say not replying to the RSVP is a shitty thing to do. Dress code is formal. 
Ah, these days, a lot of people are going more casual. I know that couple. I hang out with them all the time. I don't need to wear a suit to the wedding. I'm going to wear jeans. Is it ever okay to make that assumption, or should you go with standard wedding attire? Oh, no. Uh, uh, standard wedding attire, I think, unless it's unless it says casual wear is acceptable, or, or the venue itself speaks casual, like if it's out of like a fucking Hooters or something. I don't know. <laughs> The dress code is formal at a wedding, so you should not show up in jeans. 80% of people agree with that. Getting a little drunk at the wedding. What if they're buddies, they're friends? These are people that I've grown up with. We've been drunk together a million times. People do that all the time. 74% of people say it's rude. One in five people say, that's fine. Go ahead. Go ahead and get fall down drunk at someone else's wedding. Wow. I couldn't imagine doing that, by the way. I mean, I like to have a few drinks too, but... To that point, that seems obnoxious. Then you're the talk of the wedding. Then people will, and and remember this, that people won't ever forget you for it. I've been to so many weddings and every one I can tie to someone being too drunk at. And they are always the highlight when we talk about it. Like when my friends and I discuss a wedding, it's like, oh, is that the wedding where blah, blah, passed out? Yeah. Is that the wedding where this person threw up in the bushes? Eh, Is that the one where this person fell over under that? So don't be that person. You don't want to get that intoxicated. Propose at someone else's wedding. We all agree this is a no-go. Uh, gr- I hope people understand that, but yes, well, I agree. No, well, don't. Only 72% agree that that's a bad mm. idea. That means there's almost one in three that would. Bringing a plus one without permission. Showing up with a date, even though it wasn't indicated on the RSVP. That's a shitty thing to do, right? Yeah, that's also mean because they weren't preparing for it. 65% of people say you should never do that. But that means 35% are actually okay with showing up to somebody else's wedding with a plus one. Oh. It's so awkward. That wasn't invited. It's so awkward. What if you wear white to the wedding? Is that okay if you're just a guest? No, I mean, generally speaking, no. If you know the person and you know they don't care, or maybe they're not even wearing white, then different. But in most scenarios, you're not supposed to. 60% say you should never wear white. But again, though, I'm looking at the flip side of this number. That means 40% say, Mm. yeah, no problem. What about things that couples could do at their own wedding that would be inappropriate? Is it ever okay for the couple to ask for everyone to chip in for their meal? To chip in for their meal on top of the gift? Isn't that what part of the gift is? Uh, you just put right in the invitation. We're, we'll be collecting money for the to cover the cost of the meal. Then it's going to come out of the cost of my gift. But that's weird. I would say no, that's not cool. Bride's dress a little revealing. Can the bride wear whatever the bride wants to wear? Or is there so much thing as too much skin for a wedding? Well, I mean, if they want to walk down the aisle looking like that or at the reception looking like that, it's their choice. It's their wedding. Yeah, for sure. Cash bar okay? If the couple decides, you know what? Yeah, there's going to be alcohol, but you got to pay for your drinks. I mean, in advance, if you tell people, yes, if, if you tell people in advance, it's totally fine. All of those things were the top vote getters in rude things that couples do. Asking guests to pay for their own meal, the bride showing too much skin, not allowing plus ones at all, and making people pay for their own drinks are considered the worst things that couples can do when they are planning their wedding. And just a few more here. The most popular old school wedding traditions today. I know you hate the tradition of it all. Cat's someone who thinks you should make it your own, right? I mean, you should. Yeah, all I'm saying is don't feel pressure to do it. But if you love tradition, that's fine. The most popular traditions are the father-daughter dance. Okay. Father giving the bride away. Okay. 
mother-son dance, mm-hmm. groom asking for dad's blessing. Oh, a lot of parent stuff involved. And tossing the bouquet. I thought that too. Why are the parents so involved in this? I think that because that's something we can all agree on. You know, that you want your parents involved in it and that you want them to, maybe you want your dad to give you away. You want to have that dance. Because that for me is outside the traditional, like, see, you, you, the very last one you mentioned there, like stuff like that, it's shit like that you don't need. You know what I mean? That not everybody needs to throw the bouquet. Traditions are peer pressure from dead people. And sometimes you got to just look at it and go, do I really want to do this? But when it comes to your parents, of course you want to do all those things. So that makes sense to me that those stayed in. The least popular wedding tradition that we still do today. And I'm not even sure that we all do this because I haven't heard this in person in a long time. But was the line in the wedding vow, obey the husband? Oh, ha, yeah. Only 15% it's, think we should keep that. Yeah, because it's very, well, it's fucked up. So if I went to 100 Old people school. and said, hey, the, right now the line reads, obey him, are you good with that? I don't think I could find 15 people that would say that that should still be the case. How did they find, 15% think that that should still be the rule? Yeah, I wonder if they think it should be the rule or if they just don't care to change it. They, they just don't care enough. Some people think nothing should change when it comes to any of these ancient rituals that we all do. They think everything that we've got going on is perfect and nothing should change. I'm all in favor of a good evolution. I'm going to be with the 85% that say we could probably switch that up. Hey, all this week on the Scott and Cat Show, we have concert tickets to give away. Ricky Martin. Uh, Baby, I like it. Enrique. Enrique and Pitbull. This is the one that Enrique has been struggling with on tour, right? <laughs> Guys, just look up videos. I want to say TikTok, maybe Instagram too, of Enrique on this tour. God love him. I mean, gosh, he still has energy, which is awesome. But um, he was trending during this tour for fun reasons. We're also giving away tickets to Jingle Bell Rock and Gift of Lights at Bingham's in Kitchener and Lotto Max tickets and a whole bunch of yeah. other stuff. Uh, to- oh, On location, too, we should probably mention. Do you want to mention that? Yeah. Because this is all connected with the whole text to donate to 3033. So that's all part of our fund, uh, the the children's fund, and our Christmas initiative this year. Not only are we trying to raise cash, but also toys for families that need it. Yeah. And we're putting ourselves where our money, where our, wait, no, how does that go? We're going to be on location somewhere. (laughs) that what you mean to say? Put your mouth where um, your money... Wait, hang on. So behind the scenes here, I mean, we've done... If you were a long-time listener to the Scott and Cat Show, we've done the Scott and Cat's Christmas list for many, 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 many years. But the goal for Scott and I, end of the day, is to put gifts under the tree for, for kids who deserve to have gifts under that tree. That was really the gist of us doing it. So now we're taking all of our resources and we've decided just to make things a little cleaner and easier. Everybody can help in doing this. So it is... Um, a tree of hope. That's what we call it. And you can donate cash donations. Um, you can, it's easy. Three, zero, three, 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 like Scott mentioned, you can make, I think it's a 10 or a 20. Is that what it is? 10 or $20 donation. And it all, uh, goes through our, our, our lovely team. And we're going to be on location on Sunday. So CF Lime Ridge is where you can find us 12 PM to 4 PM accepting your donations. So if you want to do a little extra shopping this week, and we know today is Cyber Monday. If anyone finds deals on toys that will arrive in time, we'd love to see you drop them off, or you could do so at the actual mall itself or donate in cash there. Whatever you got, we'll take it. And we're going to be broadcasting live on our one of our stations, Energy 95.3, while we're there as well. So if you can make it out, we would love to see you. But either way, I think the goal is to just uh, make kids smile this Christmas. They all deserve to. I love the thought of that. Have a great day, everybody. We will leave you with the replay of today's Missed Connections and catch you right back here with another After 9 tomorrow. Bye, friends.
Missed Connections. Missed Connections on the Scott and Cat Show. Hey, it's that time again. We are going to try and connect two people who have had an encounter in the past and one is looking for the other but can't find them. Now, usually these stories get posted online and they just live there forever. Sometimes we get them first and bring them to you right here. Because you never know what could happen. We could hook someone up with real love. Some of these could be real love. We don't know. Okay, well, why don't you give me an example of, an example of something that could turn into real love here? Sure, sure. Uh, this is, I, I feel for this young lady. <laughs> she tried. You work for UPS. And I hit on you, but you probably couldn't tell because I'm embarrassingly terrible at it. I spend about an hour a night awake just thinking about that moment. I was a receptionist working at a logistics company for temp work. I saw you almost every day in that eight-week stretch. You're so hot and so nice. You asked me about my carpal tunnel. (laughs) So So how how bad is your wrist there? (laughs) You get a sucky wrist, huh? (laughs) A wonky hand there. What's going on? (laughs) What a weird thing to point out to somebody... When you go into their office, ooh, a little carpal tunnel, or what's going on there? Sucks to be your wrist, huh? (laughs) We had a few things in common. My last week, I wanted to ask for your number, but I never do stuff like this, so I didn't know what to say. I ended up trying to tell you I thought you were hot, but it came out all weird. I told you if you were ice, you'd melt. That was weird. No. Then you were confused and said, yeah, I guess it's kind of warm out. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> she is bad at this. Really bad. Oh. I'm contemplating just trying to find and follow your truck so I can explain, but I feel like that will make things worse. Yeah, if you just follow a UPS truck, I'm sure it'll lead right back to him. <laughs> Any old UPS truck will do. There's thousands of them on the roads. <laughs> well, good luck. Well, she knows the route. Could she show up to her old job and like try to flag him down before he goes in? Or is that kind of stalker? Is that borderline stalker? Okay, so it would probably look cute in the moment. But when he starts asking a few follow-up questions, like, so what, you don't work here anymore? No? So you just (laughs) waited in the parking lot for me to come here? (laughs) At a place you don't even work at? (laughs) It's a weird look. It's a strange look. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, not everybody knows how to flirt. And it's not like they teach you this in school. Sometimes you got to wing it. And if if you shot your shot and all that came out was, you know, if you were ice, you'd melt. <laughs> you may have to be a little more specific with that person in telling them, by the way, I'm flirting with you. That's me trying. I'm trying. I'm not just, very good. It's my first time. Just take me in my carpal tunnel and get out of here. <laughs> if I had two good wrists, I could have typed out something better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. What's up with the wrist there? <laughs> hey, you wonky donkey. What are you doing <laughs> in there? Uh, this one is... Did you say wonky donkey? I did. Yeah, I did. Um, this <laughs> just give me a minute. <laughs> well, it's a weird thing, right? If I just go into a stranger's office, I don't instinctively think, oh, wow, she's got something wrong with her wrist. <laughs> Why are you even looking? Stop. <laughs> and why was it a conversation that had to be had? It's carpal tunnel. Oh, it's carpal tunnel. What, what else was it going to be? <laughs> Honestly, what else was it going to be? 
This next one might be more embarrassing than that one. Believe it or not, Scott, this next one might be more embarrassing. <laughs> it happened on an elevator, the worst places. We made eyes at each other a little bit as we both got on the elevator. You asked me what floor I was going to, which was cute because it was a two floor building. I was coming from an appointment and I'm guessing you were coming from one as well. Then once the door shut, you definitely tooted, kinda loud. Then you did that thing where you scraped the toe of your shoe against the floor to make <laughs> it seem like that's where the noise came from. <laughs> I do that. You were too slow on the draw, because that was definitely a toot. I wasn't sure what to think. Was it just an accident? Was it your way of letting me know that you're not interested, sweetheart? Or that you're nervous? Then it seems like you were. Why did it have to happen as I was kneeling down to tie my shoe? Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyway, I could use some closure on this. Feel free to message back. I think this is somebody else who's bad at flirting. Is this the way to try and make contact? <laughs> Tell me about that two to yours. <laughs> Explain yourself. You know, I was right down there on my knees, and I thought I got a little bit. I, I'm going to need a little more information. Not a little bit more info there on your tootie. Probably nerves. Probably, Probably nerves. nerves. Maybe nerves. Well, that was embarrassing, by the way. Hey, what floor are you going to? The only other one on the that's the option. There's two floors. And is this an entire building for people who don't like stairs? What is the deal here? Two floors does not require an elevator. Great question, too. Most homes have two floors, and they don't have an elevator. <laughs> right. What do you need one for? Accessibility, I suppose. It's where you drop the farts. Yeah. <laughs> imagine, imagine it was the same girl that, from the first one. Oh. Toots and carpal tunnel. If your farts were ice, I'd melt. No, wait. wait Hang a on. <laughs> <laughs> if your farts were ice, I'd melt. What? What, what are you even saying? Get me out of here. <laughs> oh my God. You that wonky was great. donkey. <laughs> I'm totally going to use that. You wonky donkey. <laughs> 